Hello. <sighs> How is everyone doing? Oh, they're good. They told me. You checked? Mm-hmm. You called everyone? Mm-hmm. And they're all, they're all fine. They're all good. A couple of them had like a shitty day at work, but they've rallied. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, and they're particularly excited that their day's going to get even better because they get to listen to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> the enthusiasm kills me. Like, literally, it is killing me. My enthusiasm? Me. <laughs> it is killing me. I guess I'll just keep doing it. <sighs> Black Widow by way of enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we're not married. That's true. I was just telling someone the other day about your joke of constantly being like, you married me, and me being like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I can't remember who I was telling that. They'd never heard that before. Well, yeah, because it's a dumb thing that I started doing by accident and just continued doing. <laughs> it's a pretty good joke, though. <laughs> you married me. Actually, no. no I don't no, think I did. I don't recall this. Fairly certain I didn't. Yeah, no. I just checked. I think I would remember Definitely this. Definitely not married. Not married. Speaking of marriage, we got a marriage coming around the corner here. We got the peace and trees having their peace wedding very soon. And trees. We were just talking about it a little bit ago, but that's gonna be super exciting. It's gonna be very nice. Yep. Um, there's gonna be lots of cool stuff happening. And uh, as soon as I'm done with this wedding, I'll be very happy if I never see another paper crane. <laughs> or if I never make another paper crane. You called it hundreds, right? Uh probably about at least three hundred. Yeah. That's a lot of cranes. Yeah. That is probably 300 more cranes than I folded all year. Probably. Because <laughs> you did not help. No, I did not. <laughs> no, I did not. That's a huge project. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of, lot, lot of think, folding. I thought I might do all thousand. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but you know, it's like you can only, you really can only do so much of anything. No matter yeah, what it and it's something I'm not very fast at. It is not. To I, make them look right, I'm just not fast. I used to fold cranes and like basic origami all the time in middle school and high school. I was mm -hmm. obsessed with it. Um, made so many cranes. Uh, and then I just stopped. I think I maybe folded 300. <laughs> and then it was, you <laughs> hit a bodily limit. Point. Yeah, there's only so many you can do. And then you're like, nope, that's the last <clears throat> one. Yeah. Uh, regardless. We have a over a thousand paper cranes, yeah. and we have been in the process of stringing them so we can hang them at the venue, mm -hmm. and so that has been where we're at. They're going to look so nice. It's going to look fantastic. Right? It's going to be incredibly cool. And multiple people have been like, if several people don't come up to me and tell me how good these <laughs> look. Oh, I know that I'm on tell them how good it looks duty. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to go around to people and be like, listen, I don't care whether you like them or not. You're going to walk over there. And you're going to say these look great. <laughs> no, but they have to do it in conversation. Like, they can't just walk over and be like, these look great because she already has said that if that happens, she knows it's you. <laughs> right. I have to employ some subterfuge. Yes. Uh, I have to get clever with that. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's going to be really nice. It's in uh, two and a half weeks. Not very long at all. September 7th. Yeah. So I <laughs> I feel like I should remember this, but I know that it's all, obviously it's all in Mentor, right? So we're going to be out of town. Uh, yeah. At, at least Friday night. and I think Friday and that Saturday. Yeah. I don't know what the plan is if we're coming back Saturday night, if we're... I forget. We talked about this a while ago. 
We kind of did, but then we never really did anything on it. So yeah. we should revisit that off the podcast and yeah. see if there's arrangements <laughs> we need to make, like a right. hotel. Mentor on the lake. Yes. Is it in Mentor on the Lake? There's like different. I don't know they're exactly. They're slightly different, aren't they? Yeah. There's I don't mentor. know exactly if it's Mentor on the Lake, but it is, there is a lake. Yep. And it is on the lake. That That's, lake is eerie. <laughs> yeah. That is where they're having their wedding. It's uh, at a park that is on the lake. That's really it's nice. It's be very pretty. I got to see the location. Yeah. The exact location. Where the ceremony's gonna be. I didn't get to go inside where the reception was because people were in there yeah. doing something. So um didn't see that, but I saw the outside and I got to see the lake and the little place that we're gonna be doing the ceremony. It yeah. looks really nice. So if this is the park I'm thinking of. It's a really nice place. I and really only saw like there's like a little like a pier, like in, and like the place we're going to yeah. do the ceremony. I didn't walk around the park otherwise, but there's going to be some time in between, maybe not for us, yeah. but for the guests, there'll be a little bit of time in between so they can like go walk around the park or something. It's really nice. I think the ceremony will be off the end of the pier. We're basically walking no. them off the plank. No. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. We, we, we're just going to push him over. I know for certain we're blindfolding Chris and making him walk the plank. And we're going to poke <laughs> him with like a like a, like a a rapier sword like as he yes. goes down the... Uh, Trish yeah. is going to poke him with the rapier sword. Yeah, that sounds right. Like, yeah, that's yeah. part of it. I'm really looking forward to that. Me it's going to be super cool. And the splash he makes when he falls <laughs> in is going to be fantastic. Oh, God. That's uh, we've also paid to get um, like... Piranha. <laughs> okay. Just to up the stakes a little bit. You know what? Piranha are freshwater fish, aren't they? Yeah, because I almost said barracuda, but I was like, those aren't freshwater. But a piranha but is. piranha are. God, we are so lucky piranhas haven't figured out how to get into the Great Lakes. <laughs> I don't I don't know if they haven't could survive they? even if they could, if they were there. How do we know they haven't? I think I would hear about it. I don't know. Massive piranha attack in Lake Erie is a headline you would not forget. You're right. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. bad news is you can't use that as a treason news. That's true. Spoiled. <laughs> Done. Tossed. Um, what else do I have on my list? Um, we uh, This is like two weeks old because we skipped last week. Right. Because... We were just too busy the weekend before mm -hmm. doing things like celebrating people's birthdays. And yeah. um, Friday night, that Friday night, we built a computer. Yeah, which was super fun. Yes. Um, I haven't done that in so long. And I never had. And it's, it is it is cool, isn't it? It was fun. It is a little bit of an exercise in patience because there's yeah. definitely things that you like. You put something together and then you realize you have to take it apart because you forgot to do something first. And it's it's not even something that, like, could have been prevented if we, like, read instructions. Because I think it was just a manner of the yeah. exact motherboard we had in the exact casing that we had. It was a specific thing that we had to do this first so it yeah, fit. Right. But, like, another motherboard or another casing might not have had that problem. So it was just a trial and error thing that happened. This there are a couple I, little things, but I forgot to tell you, we totally fucked some stuff up too. Oh, like, did we? Like, yeah. So, like that back, pa the back panel were all your like uh, like uh, USB connections and and uh, your default video connections, your audio connections, all that stuff is. So 
there's little metal tabs that are supposed to sit neatly sort of they, they they act as springs so if you push the board it bounces back or the panel it bounces back mm-hmm. and some of them were just stuck out into the path of the USB so that you couldn't plug it in they were like in the way oh no and i realized we did that and i i thought about what to do cuz that would have required us to take the entire thing out again and i looked at it and i went nah and i bent the pins all the way back <laughs> like i don't care there is no you couldn't pay me to take that whole thing apart again yeah. right now. Yeah. Give me maybe to, give me a year and I won't to mind. Be fair, to be fair. Um it was really difficult. If I'm thinking of the right thing, it's where the USB plugs in, like where those It's in the back. It's that little remember that little plate that we had to take the motherboard out to put that in? Right. It's that's that. what I'm thinking of. Yes. So it was a pain in the butt to get it in. In the first place, even after we took that out, it was yep. a pain in the butt. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> like, we had something forced in there in a way that didn't make sense. And if we had fit, fit those pins outside where they should be, then we wouldn't have that problem. But I looked at that, and I'm like, not a chance. Just bent them back. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, well. Yeah. It's fine. Otherwise, everything else worked out really, really well. That's it's, good. It's kind of a beast of a, of a PC, and it's super cool and very exciting. Well, it's a way better PC than you would have been able to afford to buy. Oh, let's put yeah. it that way. Without a doubt. I mean, that entire build was around twelve hundred bucks, mm-hmm. which is it's not it's not cheap, but like any comparable. It's what gaming I PC, would expect to pay for like a a decent laptop. Yeah, right. Exactly. A decent laptop, not a gaming laptop, just like a good functional laptop that yeah. could do. A good amount of stuff, but not, like, anything above and beyond. Now, like, everything costs more when you cram it into a laptop case, for sure. And they yeah. are and they are much, much more convenient. Yeah. Uh, and I think I would rather have a laptop. But as far as, like, you know, what you pay for for what you're getting, it is it is a value to build in a big Yeah, I, I'm a laptop person, which is why I wanted to help you build your computer, because I've wanted to build one. But yeah. I know, like, I'm not going to build one for me, because I'm not a yeah. com- uh, desktop person. Yeah. You can't really build a laptop because they're ridiculous. <laughs> and I I did my best to try to stay out of your way and let you do stuff cuz it is fun, right? It was cool. My only problem was it was just getting late because we got a late start on it cuz yeah. unexpectedly someone had to stop by and then we chatted and yeah. got excited about other things and right. then before you know it we're like it's like nine in. o'clock and I'm like literally kicking them out and being like, I'm sorry, but you have to go because we have to build a computer and I have to get up and be there at seven in the morning for work. I think so. I was entering like a, the Windows serial key at like 1230 or one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's like, this is too late. Yeah. What have we done? Yeah. But it was super fun and it's rad. The computer is freaking rad. Um, I'm already thinking about VR stuff in the future because I really want a VR system, but they're, you know, four or five hundred bucks for like the basic ones. So yeah. that's going to wait a while. It's a future goal. Yeah. That's not a now thing. <laughs> so also that weekend, we hung out with Corey. Yeah, that's right. Which was super cool. Seeing Corey for the or first time. Or maybe it wasn't in... that weekend, but a weekend. We I think it was a weekend before. Yeah. We hung out with Yeah, Corey. the weekend before, not the weekend after. The weekend before we built the computer. Which was on a Friday night. Yes. So the but... weekend before that. Yes. Yes. We are thinking of the same weekend. <laughs> okay. Well, you threw me with the weekend before, not the weekend after. Well. It just confused me. Okay. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. That was that weekend. Yes. And then we also went to Mays Valley. We've yeah, we done did. so much stuff. The thing is, our oh, weekends fill up. You, you kind of sit and think to yourself, like, oh, God, what did I do with the last two weeks? And like the first thing out of your mouth is, eh, not really much. Then you think about it, and you're like, oh, I haven't like stopped. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't we stopped. We really don't. Yeah. But. We got, that was a last minute thing, kind well, not super last minute. I knew probably for like half a week at least, but mm-hmm. uh, my mom and stepdad and some of his family were all going to a winery we like called Mays Valley. It's about 45 minutes away in Hartville. Uh-huh. And not only are they a winery, but they also brew their own beer. Yes. And they have good food and they have a cute little store with a bunch of stuff. Weirdly, exactly 15 square feet of it smells like poop all the time. Yeah, that's the only bad thing about it. Right. Everything else is it's, great. And it is by the bathrooms, <laughs> but we think they have like a septic issue. It's, it's a, I wouldn't it's have a, led with that. No, I have to lead with this because it's the thing that drives me insane about this place. It's so nice. And then part of it is always poopy. The real unfortunate thing about it is, like, if you're inside the building and you want to go outside, which you usually want to, because there's like bands playing, yeah, you gotta walk and they have this too. nice enclosed area that's technically outside, but it's like mostly enclosed where you they have a bunch of tables and you can watch music mm-hmm. and eat out there. And to get to it, you have to walk past the poop. You gotta go through that poop cloud, and, and that the means- poop cloud's right by the deli counter. Yeah, and when they bring you your food, they got to walk through the poop cloud to get it to you. It's just, okay, I know I'm, I'm it's, it's just, it's it's such a nice place in every way. And it then is. they have this one weird problem they can't fix. And it's not like it's one person pooping. It's No, because it was like you said you remember it from the last time we were there, too. Yeah. And when I went into the women's bathroom, and I don't complain about bathrooms smelling like poop. Yeah, if anything, you're but, likely to smell or compl- smell a bathroom. You're <laughs> likely to complain about a bathroom that smells like poop and potpourri. Yeah, well, I'm very sensitive to fragrances, yeah. so they tend to bother me. Right. But I can't stand it when other people complain that a bathroom smells like poop, because where the fuck do you want me to put my poop? <laughs> I'm sorry, it where smells. Do, where am I supposed to put it, guys? Where is it supposed to go? <laughs> do I have to walk out into the woods the and leave bathroom. it there? The bathroom. Yeah. So shut the fuck up. Stop <laughs> saying things like, oh, it smells like shit. Oh, someone went poop. Well, no, duh. That's where they're supposed to do it. Uh, who was it who just shared to our Facebook group today? It was like a picture that says, like, uh, petition to stop putting toilets in coke rooms. And someone's like, every time I try to go into this room and do some blow, there's some gross guy taking a shit. They posted this on our Facebook? In, in our, in our, no, in, in our group chat. Oh, you said Facebook. Yeah, you know, same, yeah, same diff, same diff, it's Messenger. Oh, I thought you meant our podcast. I'm, no. I'm very confused tonight. <laughs> um, no, no, I just think it's funny, the idea, like, I go to the Coke room and there's some guy <laughs> pooping in there. I like that. Disgusting. I think Tyler shared that one, actually. It seems like an Onion article. It does. It's But it's genuinely somewhat, like, where it looks like it's a genuine uh, like petition a thing, like a change.org petition. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, that's like a pet peeve of mine. Like, don't complain about that. Stop it. Yeah. But I walked into that bathroom and it was overwhelming. Yeah. And I was like, Like it may okay. as well be in our house. Right. Like, just, I think someone might be dying. 
Like if that came from one person, I think they are having severe health problems. <laughs> but it doesn't seem like that's the case because <laughs> it's it was like that the last time we went. Yeah, that's the real thing. Is it's always there, so it's not just one person. So it does seem like a septic issue. But it let's let's briefly get past that. Can we? I, yes. Is it possible? Yes, because it's I want to talk of... about how nice it was. And you're, <laughs> you're just talking about the shit smell. Well, I think I've done my job. But everything else about it is nice. I'm encouraging people to go there, so this isn't helping. <laughs> just plug your nose when you walk by that area. Just, but, it's, it's just 15 square feet. It's such a small area. But the they always have like a band that's really good. This time the guy played the turkey baster, which I was very excited about. Yeah. It wasn't his whole it wasn't all he played, I should clarify. Yeah. There was they played real instruments in like played actual music and they were very good. Yeah. It was a woman singing and a man playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Um but also he played the turkey bass. Sort of as an intermission thing, like, hey, this is She, terrible. I think she went to, like, the bathroom and to get more wine, and then... Yeah. and there was a set break, and then at yeah. the beginning of the next set, he was covering a little extra time. Yes, by but, playing the turkey baster, and... Um, he was remarkable at it. He has videos of himself on YouTube playing it, so... Yeah, if you're wondering that. what that looks like, it's a dude like blowing on the top of a baster like you do on it a has, bottle. It has water you... in it, and then you just you squeeze the bulb to adjust. Yeah, the the water. It's like playing glasses. Right, exactly. You're 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 blowing on it like a beer bottle, except you can control the volume of the water in there by squeezing the bulb. So yeah, uh, so you modulate the pitch. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I've never seen anyone else do it. Yeah. And the best part is it was outside really far away from the poop smell, which again. Oh, my God, Dave. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. I'm sorry. I'm done. They also have goats there that are very far away from the poop smell. This place rules. Like, the beer is very good. The beer's great. The wine is very, very good, too. Also, something that's notable for me is that they have several employees that we, last time we went there was probably over a year ago, Uh and the one guy who was working at the bar was there the last time. Oh, really? So that, to me... strikes me that it's probably a family business. Possibly, and that it's like they're good to their employees because he wouldn't still be their family or not if yeah. it sucked. Yeah, right. He's old enough to have another job yeah. if it wasn't working. So, And everyone's super nice and funny there. Being good to your employees is good for business. Who knew? Who knew? There's actually some weird tide turning on that. I heard something uh, on uh, the New York Times' podcast about like a group of CEOs that have all like sort of uh, come out to say that it's time that we started considering things other than just strictly profits for shareholders. That it's good for business to consider a lot of things, like how happy your your businesses are, or your uh, your your businesses, your employees <laughs> are, or whether you're reinvesting in communities and mm-hmm. your charitable giving, and like how responsible you are as a citizen of the world. If your company is a person, then how is it as a citizen? And there's actually maybe some turning of thought on that, which is great because we haven't had a major revolution on that since the 70s when we started going this way yeah Um, it's the the way our country is mm -hmm. as far as like businesses and corporations and the way they treat employees is really fucking awful it's corporate corporate citizenship or lack thereof is really what it boils down to Mm. i learned a lot about this listening to that podcast but basically there was a podcast was it new york times's podcast it's called the daily Mm. Um, and <clears throat> the most recent episode was called What CEOs Are Worried About or What American CEOs Are Worried About. 
And that's one of the things is I can't remember the name of the group, but it's a very influential group of CEOs of some of these like, the largest companies in America. And mm. they made a statement collectively that it may be time to start again considering that there are more stakeholders than just shareholders. Mm-hmm. And that is not a revolutionary idea. It is actually a very old one, but There's we've gone away from it. There's a lot of other countries yeah. that get this shit right. Yeah. Like, easily. Yeah. Like, they, they like, let their employees go home and take a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah. Or they only work between certain hours, and then after that, you are done, and you don't work when you're home. Right. Or they have, like, a bunch of vacation time. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you're a mom or dad, like, you can take a bunch of time when you're having a baby. Like America is one of the hardest working and uh, and most aggressive, you know, sort of companies, when it, or companies, countries, when it comes to how much time we spend working. And, and we're uh, probably one of the most inefficient. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah, I would, I would argue that there's... Definitely something lost when you push people to the the end of the of their rope like yeah, that. Yeah, because we we have like an ass backwards way of thinking about it that like you have to be working all the time mm-hmm. and work 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 work. But like, how much work do you get done? Yeah, right. Really, when you're like stressed out or when you're like doing nothing but working, mm-hmm. you don't. Yeah. Like if if I'm anxious or stressed out, like my brain works like twenty percent slower. Right. Yeah, exactly. You just find yourself staring at a screen going, what do I do? Yeah. You uh, just blank out. And I think that's fairly universal. Mm-hmm. I think most people react to stress that way. Uh, I think it is counterproductive to try and, you know, wring blood from a stone when it comes to your employees. Yep. So I don't know. It's very, are you okay? I'm tired. <laughs> so sleepy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And this is very interesting to me. I'm going to be keeping an eye on it because I actually think, I, okay, like, I sort of think maybe this is largely just a a PR move, but also like there is something to, don't you want to buy from the company that donated to your community center or the company that, you know, upgraded their facilities in your town? It's ultimately better for business to be good to people. Yeah. Because people who see a business treating their other community members well, whether it be donating to members of the community or Mm -hmm. treating their employees well and those are members of your community. Yeah. Like, I definitely would rather support a business that I know is doing good things for the people central to it than someone I know is like, people complain about how shitty it is and how bad they get treated. Like, if I have a choice... Don't you avoid businesses based on how you hear they treat people? Like yeah. I, I do. If, if if I hear that a business is horrible to work <clears> at, <throat> they will not have my business. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Corporate citizenship may be making a comeback. Maybe. I didn't, we'll see. I didn't realize that it, it, you can even trace uh, it back to when Henry Ford uh, uh, increased the daily wage from two and a quarter to five dollars a day. Oh, wow. Which is over a over double. Over double, yeah. Right? Um, because mm-hmm. he wanted to keep his workers and he wanted them to have a crack at buying the product that they made. Yeah. Isn't that revolutionary? Yeah. It just seems insane now, but that's how companies used to, to behave. So real quickly want to mention that I've been listening to an audiobook that I recommend, or you obviously can read the book. It's mm-hmm. called, oh, I gotta look up what it's called. Oh, what's his but name? It, 
It's by Robert Caro. Yeah, Robert Caro, who did the uh, Lyndon Johnson book series, of which I bought one of those books. Yes. So yeah, fantastic. Uh, his, uh, I guess a historian, right? Or a historical it, writer. He's an auto, he's a biographer. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Um, but he's, he's great at it because he has a, a real way of attacking topics that might otherwise be boring, but he really finds the narrative. Yeah. It's like when we do research for mm-hmm. the podcast, we're like trying to find the thread to make it. Yeah. come all together and be interesting and in no way am i saying i'm anywhere near as good at this as robert caro <laughs> right but like but that's like what you have to try to find you have the same objective as he does yeah and he's very very good at it yeah. because i'm listening to an audiobook that is 50 hours long <laughs> so it's split into several parts i just finished the first section i have to download the second one yeah but it's called the power broker um i don't want to play it it's the power broker Robert Moses and the Fall of New York. Robert Moses. And an Robert Moses is a man that basically made New York what it is and the surrounding areas what it is today mm-hmm. and influenced the entire country as a civil servant. <laughs> he was not an architect, mm-hmm. he was not a politician. Though he learned to play the game. But he was um, a Republican, but things uh, what a Republican was then is very different from what it is now. Yes. But it's just fascinating to to see him change as a, to hear about how he changed as a person Mm -hmm. and to see all the stuff that he did. And the fact that like, the first part of the book is largely talking about like his career and his early life and getting yeah. to like where he was and his failures. Cause he had a lot of them. Like yeah. he would get a job and it would go well. And sometimes because of things he did and just not playing the game, he fucked up and he lost his job. Or sometimes oh. the position just disappeared. It wasn't yeah. going to be there anymore. So he had to start over and find something else. And he was like, 30 going on 40 and that's about the age he is at this point i'm at in the book and he has not done any (laughs) of the stuff he's just started to (laughs) you always see people who are so young like doing insane stuff and it kind of makes you feel bad like what have i done but this is a dude that he built like he got every highway in <laughs> New York built, yeah. every parkway, yeah. uh, several parks. Mm-hmm. Like, um, he he did so much. Yeah. And, and didn't do it until he was, what, 35, 40? It's just starting, wow. and he's in his 30s. Yeah. So. Makes you feel kind of good about not having conquered the world at 32. Right. <laughs> and, he, and, and that being said, I don't want to act like Robert Moses is a great dude either because he's also kind of an asshole yeah. like everyone. Like you, there's you, a you dichotomy there. You life and you'll find that. But the reason it came to mind was because they're talking about like how much money he made, yeah. how much money people made and, and blah. And it's like $9 a week. And that was <laughs> enough to support a family or something. Like Ugh. it it's oh so God. crazy Yeah, how quickly it changed. Because granted, this is like, Late 1800s, early 1900s, but still. I know. (laughs) It's insane. It is insane. 
But you, you never associate the uh, position of <clears throat> civil servant with power broker. You just don't connect those two things. No. A, you know, a civil servant does not seem like the person holding all the cards is turning all the levers to create he, things like this. He started as an idealist who had a mindset that was like, well, if the idea is good and the logic is sound, then there shouldn't be compromise. This is the way it should be. And then he quickly, well, maybe not quickly, but he eventually realized that you don't get shit done Mm -hmm. if you have that mindset. So you have to learn to play the game. And he was taught that by multiple people who were like, listen, I have the same goal as you, but if we actually want to see it done, you have to compromise and you have to make people think it was their idea and not yours. (laughs) So (laughs) that's very interesting. So. And, and one of these people he learned from, I forget her name at the moment, but she was a woman who at this time was like yeah. a big part of this political world yeah. and was definitely, she was like, people knew her at the height of her career and they knew if she was there in a room of essentially men, she's the one you wanted to impress Yeah, because she was pulling the strings. Yeah. She was basically, uh, politicians would have her there and they would take her advice. Uh-huh. But that was not... Women didn't have that kind of career then. Yeah, right. Like, And she probably still very much had to convince people it was their idea. Like, very much had yeah. to play that game with people. Yeah, I. she became someone that, that people trusted with this, and that's who he learned from. Yeah. But before that, he was, like, very staunch in, like, do not... Yeah. Sh- if it's a good plan, then it's a good plan, and we shouldn't compromise. <laughs> And he obviously changed that mindset and learned to play that game and did incredible things. Jury is out in my head as far as whether or not New York is a better place because of it or not. Because he played a big role in moving to highways and car motor vehicles when it could have been more public transit. Things could have been very different. A very similar thing uh, happened in Akron, famously, where they—I mm-hmm. mean—they had a really well-functioning trolley system that moved people around the city, and because <clears> they were the home of rubber, the rubber barons had that shit ripped out of the road. Yeah, and like Akron still kind of sucks for transit, even mm-hmm. even by car, like like buses as bad as cars, as bad as any other way. Like it's, it's shit to get around. Yeah. Um. This country could have... There's an Adam Ruins Everything episode about uh, cars. Yeah. And... We could have been designed for something else. Right. And it's just... It's so interesting to think about and also aggravating. I love... When I lived in a city, when I lived in Chicago, I loved public transit. You know what? Every time that I'm in New York, I, I mean, the subway is a weird place. It is a smelly place on occasion. It is not a comfortable place all the time. But it is a convenient way to get around. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing tops it. Yep. I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're not sure about it, spend a week in New York and spend that, that time getting on public transit all over and then get in a cab to try and get to where you've got to go oh to my leave. God. Especially in New York. And New York <laughs> is worse than Chicago. Yeah. As far as driving. I would not want to drive in New York. Same. I wouldn't I, dare. <laughs> I'll drive in Chicago, but I, I don't love to. Yeah. Um, I have other things I could talk about, but not that much. And honestly, I just want to roll with it because there's a really fun game I think you should play. You don't say. Yeah. What's that game? I've never heard of a game. What is a game? 
Oh my god, we're going this far back? Okay, well a game yeah. is um Oh god, I don't even know how to break it down <laughs> that much, Dave. Yeah, right. Oh man. Well, a game is a way of interacting in which you introduce some whimsy, and there's usually a goal, a common goal Oof. you're trying to acquire. How do you even describe that's very complicated to describe what a game is. And this one is called Trues and Fnoos. Oh well hot dim. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to mean It's time for truths and truths. Everyone's playing everyone's playing the famous game. Famous game. The game that's taking the internet by storm. A Merv Griffin production. But that's what it is. That's I, what it is. Choose on ho- Holy moly. I'm so, so are you ready for the rules? Uh, I think I have my head basically around what a game is. So, yeah, let's hear the rules. Choose on Fnews is a fun little game where I'm going to give you two false headlines. <laughs> I always have to remind myself, and one true headline, you're going to guess which is which, otherwise discerning the truths from the Fnews. Pretty good. Yeah, that that was bad. (laughs) Don't applaud that bullshit. Yeah, you can golf clap it at least. Are you ready? I am very ready for this. Headline number one. Mm -hmm. Nine-year-old Minnesotan wins statewide contest for best handcrafted piece of furniture. Hmm. Nine-year-old Minnesotan. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Number two. Number two. Man pulls plug on fridge, destroys world's largest cheese wheel. Oh, no. Christ, I hope that's not true. Number three. Oh, my God. Smog Wavern has gotten over 200 tattoos and body modifications to look like a dragon. (laughs) Okay. He's clearly also changed his name. Now we're playing. Holy shit, is this a good one. This, might be, this might be your best in a while. <laughs> this is really like a moment here. Yeah, I have this one done early, too. This <clears> is going to be brutal. Let's hear him again. Nine-year-old Minnesotan wins statewide contest for best handcrafted piece of furniture. God, it just sounds so completely believable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number two. Mm-hmm. Man pulls plug on fridge, destroys world's largest cheese wheel. Okay. Number three. Smog Wyvern, or is that Wyvern? I don't know. Mm. Uh, has gotten over 200 tattoos and body modifications to look like a dragon. I think I just see what you just tried to do there. Hmm. You try to trick me by not knowing how to pronounce it? No, I just don't know how to pronounce that. Oh, man. That's either a huge tell or you're like, or you're like... <laughs> Playing 3D chess with me. <laughs> oh, <Just> get- <laughs> shit. That just got very complicated around that little that little thing has thrown the whole game into a loop for me. You either you either genuinely don't know how to pronounce that name or you 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 thought ahead enough to be like I can see the gears moving in your head. <laughs> This is fucking me up. (laughs) (laughs) 
if you oh, if geez. you did that just to get me to go, oh, that's got to be the real one, then you're a genius. And I feel like I can't weigh in on it at all no, because you can't. you can't say anything. <laughs> I'm gonna guess that that was. I'm gonna guess that it was a slip though. But the thing is, I could see. Okay. And the cheese wheel thing, that plug should not be accessible to anyone. <laughs> It's too big a wheel. It's too large a fridge. You shouldn't be able to get to it and just unplug it. That cheese wheel's got to be huge. It's got to be a big wheel of cheese. And the Minnesotan kid, it just seems too ordinary. Shit. All right. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Dragon Guy. That's the truce? Dragon Guy's the truce. Wrong. Okay, hold on. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Before you tell me whether what the real one is, was that on purpose? No. Damn. I really don't know how to pronounce that. You, Wy- wrote, you invented it. Yeah, but wyvern is a word that means dragon. Oh. But I don't know if it's wyvern or wyvern. I hadn't considered the third option. That I've only read it and never said it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. All right, well, you got me. You got me. What is it? Tell me what the true story is. It's a Minnesota kid, isn't it? Mm-mm. No. Man pulls plug on fridge, destroys world's no! largest cheese wheel. Yep. So no! the way I found this is fantastic because I had another truce all lined up. And then I was making my fnoos and I was actually going to make something up very similar to that. Yeah. And then I decided to Google it just to see, you know, what's out there. And found out that it happened and was like, oh, shit. (laughs) That's unbelievable to me. So let me get a little more info for you on that. You shouldn't be able to reach that plug. (laughs) A fridge that important shouldn't have a plug you can just go and boop. That shouldn't be an option. The world's largest wheel of cheese was reported to be a mind-blowing 20,462 pounds. Okay. Only you won't find it in the Guinness World Records like you will with the largest cheese sculpture, 1,524 pounds, or the largest cheese slice, 298 pounds, or the largest cheese platter, 3,375 pounds. Unfortunately, the mix of 27 different varieties of cheddar expired when someone accidentally unplugged the refrigerated kiosk in the 1990s, according to Roadside America. The once-famed cheese sat at the Heine's Cheese Chalet near Berlin, Ohio. <gasps> no. Ohio. No. Yeah. We destroyed the largest wheel of cheese? Well, we personally didn't, but one of our brethren did. Oh, um, God, that's sad. An old postcard of the cheese wheel shows a giant rectangle refrigeration unit with wooden panels. Windows let people look in, and a sign on the side reads, World's Largest Wheel of Cheese Known, and puts the weight at 10 tons. Oh my God. Unlike the giant cheese, Heine's survives to this day. It's H-E-I-N-I, and I like that it's Heine's. <laughs> Heine's. If you get a chance to visit, you can sample the normal-sized cheeses the company makes mm-hmm. and stand in awe of a giant mural that traces the rise of civilization through cheese. <laughs> At the end of the mural is, what else? The world's largest wheel of cheese. Oh, my God. That's downright tragic. <clears throat> yep. Do they not have a thermometer or... 
I I think I saw another article that was like s- someone. Um, it, it wasn't like they accidentally bumped it and unplugged. Yeah. They unplugged it on purpose, but they didn't realize that it was there or something. That's crazy. Or like they were renovating. It was something like that where like someone wasn't given all the information and, and they fucked up. didn't realize what was connected to that maybe. Right. I can see that. They just unplugged the wrong thing or something. Just don't understand the wiring or something like that. Yeah. So very, very sad. That is incredibly sad. And Ohio. That much cheese should never spoil. I done stumped you. You did. You stumped me twice, actually. Yeah. Minnesotan yeah. kid was like the runner up for sure, because I thought there's no way that would ever happen to cheese. <laughs> no one would one ever would allow this to happen to cheese. Yeah. Yeah, I hope it never would, but it did. Well, good going, Berlin, Ohio. Thanks a lot. We should totally go to Heine sometime, though. Is it? It's still operational, Ted. Yeah, that's what it said. It's still I, going strong. I want to. You were talking about this, and I'm in my head going, I want to see a map of cheese chalets. Well, there's the cheese trail in Ohio. In this part of Ohio, there's like four to six of them that you can go to in like a day. Yeah, we should. I do want to do that sometime. Oh, man, we should just like like get like a... a Okay, brilliant idea. Okay. Let's rent a party bus. Sure. (laughs) So we can drink. Yes. And just take a tour of all the cheese chalets. That sounds like the best day of my life. Right? Yeah. But then you have to explain why you're walking into a cheese chalet drunk at three in the no. afternoon. No, I don't explain my life to anybody. <laughs> Hello, where's the cheese? Thank you. <laughs> I want some cheese. Thanks. Do you have any of that, like, really good cheddar? It's like, but it's got, like, crystals. I was like, yeah, I want the, um... It's, a, a it's like what's what's the monster? It's monster. What's that word? It's what do I want? It's cheese. <laughs> I want cheese. I would so do go have, drug cheese chalet. Do you with have you. any of that cheese? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's ridiculous. And I now want to do this so bad. <laughs> yeah, I bet, we could, I bet we could get some people to do a little tour of the cheeses. Oh yeah, uh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. You okay, I'm gonna me. write that idea down because it's damn inspired. Yeah. Um, party bus <laughs> cheese tour. <laughs> party bus cheese tour. <laughs> You're gonna look back at that and just be like, "Wow, that's weird." No, I'm gonna be like, "Wow, that's a great idea." Wow, inspired. You're gonna say as you're eating cheese, <laughs> drunk on a party bus. Right. <laughs> Uh, so what are we going to do here? Uh, I think it's time for a little break break. Is it time for a break break? Yeah. And then we're going to come back and you're going to tell me all about something. You're right. I will. I'm going to tell you all about something. That's good. Because I want to hear all about something. Well, you shall. Uh, stick around and we'll be back in a minute with more of this episode. All right. Whoosh. Whoosh. Magically, we're back. Oh. I don't know. Okay. 
You know, I respect it. You try to think. It's so hard to make it all seem exciting anymore. You know, you gotta do things like whoosh and woo, and we're back and pow. I mean, do you have to? I don't know. Sound effects don't really help, so no. No. Let's try Especially it. not once you're making with your own mouth. <laughs> you don't think that's exciting? Yeah, I guess you're no. right. Uh, all right. Anyway. <laughs> Whoops. All right. We're back uh, with uh, eight, episode 84. I'm excited about this one. I, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, what I wanted to talk about is briefly, how do you put it? I want to talk about the Storm Area 51 event. Okay. That has taken uh, sort of, uh, it's it's seized it's, a lot of attention. It's taken the Area 51 by storm. <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> um, but it's uh, but I want to talk about Area 51 briefly as a way into talking about Storm Area 51. <clears throat> um, and the way I want to start this is with a little thought experiment, right? So basically, if you take any patch of land somewhere, right, doesn't really matter exactly where it is, but a large patch of land, you surround it with tall fences, large tracts of land, huge tracts of land, (laughs) Uh, surround it with fences, put up no trespassing signs and wait. And especially if you were the United States government. I mean, how long do you think till that area, regardless of what's happening inside, even nothing Mm -hmm. becomes highly mysterious? Uh, it starts to generate stories about what's been going on in there all this time because of the simple nature of the fact that it's a place you can't go. It's forbidden. Just that thing of it being forbidden, I think, is enough for most people to develop some kind of intrigue. Well, just think if the signs are prominently placed enough so people know that it's there. Yeah. Then they're, like, intrigued. So then if there's, like, no cars coming in and out, they're like... What's going on? No one's ever there. And if there are yeah. cars going in and out, they're like, there's activity there. What's going on? Like, there's, yeah. there's a mystery no matter what the situation. Once it starts, it sort of snowballs, mm-hmm. I think. And something becomes more and more intriguing and mysterious with time and with less and less information or lack of information, right? I guess my question about the Storm Area 51 thing, and I know that you'll answer it, uh-huh. is it's existed for a long time. So, like... Why now? Oh, I see what you mean. Why now? Why why Storm Area 51 now? Yeah, like why all of a sudden? And I'm sure <laughs> there's an answer and I'm sure it has to do with a lot of things. I don't I don't know. It's I don't know if there is a very good answer to that, but I will attempt to answer it. I think probably the political climate in in lots <laughs> of things are or what It's I don't know if it's what you think it is. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh but I will I will try to get into that. Um, the, basically I just, to add on to that, just said, you take all that and you add planes taking off and landing, you add like mysterious things in nearby, you know, areas and, you know, like the Roswell stuff and, you know, you put all this together and, uh, you get area 51, <laughs> this big mysterious area. No one knows, uh, barely anything about, or for a long time, didn't know nearly anything about. Right. Uh, but I'm, I'm less interested in area 51 in general, as I am in talking about the storm area 51 part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's what a lot of UFOlogists or whatever people like that think it is. I'm, I'm pretty skeptical, so I won't go too deep into any of that stuff. Well, a little bit, mostly what I'm interested in is the extent to which area 51 has 
driven people crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what people have done in the past and present in order to try to learn more about Area 51. Things like that. All right. Um, <clears throat> so anyway. I mean, I've seen the movie, Paul. I know all about it. What is, what is that? The movie, Paul? No, I never saw it. You never saw it? I don't know what it is. It has Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in it, but it's not part of the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy. I did not see Paul. You should see it. Okay. Basically, they find an alien. <laughs> Do they name him Paul? He's named Paul. That's yes. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it it's a funny movie. Like, I, I liked it. Um, I think Seth yeah. Rogen plays the alien. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. It's <clears throat> It's... I liked it. It's a funny movie, but yeah. they like go to a diner and like an area 51 right outside area 51. They're like going on a tour of like alien like UFO sites. It's got to it. I would be very surprised if it's not a location, which I'm going to talk about later in this. Very possibly. Yeah. is Cause it, it definitely seemed like there. something that would exist. Yeah. Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that, I think. But, um, so anyway, I, I do want to give some backdrop on Area 51 because mm-hmm. I think it sucks to not talk about it. <laughs> you know, even if even though I'm kind of skeptical about a lot of things, it sucks to not spend some time talking about Area 51. So um, it has been a reserved area of the Nevada desert since 1942. Um, that was when the Air Force established that area as Indian Springs Air Force Auxiliary Field. Right. Um it was basically nothing more than a couple of unpaved runways then. It, like, nothing special, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but over a decade later, it served as a place where they tested aircraft. And in particular, one aircraft, uh, the Lockheed U-2 jet aircraft. Um, this is part of a project known as Project Oxcart. And everything okay. has to have, like, you know, cryptic <laughs> names that don't mean much. And there's some yeah. actually kind of silly ones later in this. Um, but they established the what they call the Groom Lake Test Facility for this purpose in 1955, right? Groom Lake? Groom Lake is this big, I believe, <clears throat> a dried out lake. Um, I never Full saw any grooms. water in it. Just yeah. disposed. A place for women to dispose of their grooms. Um, no, that's not what it is. Uh, it's, uh, it's in 1955, they established this test facility and they acquire some more land from the north, uh, where the, the lake area oh, is. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm not done with this yet. Groom Lake is where Chris is going to end oh. up when we make him walk the plank. Oh my God. <laughs> it becomes Groom Lake. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Continue. <laughs> You had you had to stop I, everything to I say that. I wasn't going to be okay if I didn't say it. <laughs> okay, fair enough, actually. I, I, I felt it was a disservice to myself and everybody else if I let it go. <laughs> yeah, we could debate that, but all right. <laughs> um, and we will. So anyway, th- from the time they established this area, they call it Area 51. And the weird thing is, no one's really 100% sure why it got called Area 51. Hmm. Like, you would think something like that would be, like, like it's real specific. It's not even, like, a round 10 number or a 5 number. It's, like, a 1 number, and that's weird. Yeah. You would just think that, like, something that specific, someone would have a reason for. People are still trying to figure that out. They they think that, well, first of all, it first appeal, uh, appeared in some official government documents, but it doesn't appear to originate anywhere before that. Mm-hmm. Some people speculate 
that it is part of it's like part of the numbering of the Atomic Energy Commission's grid for that area. So they have these areas of the state all like gridded out essentially, and these parts of the grid are all are all numbered. But the grid doesn't get up to fifty one, and and fifty one doesn't appear anywhere in that grid. It doesn't like the numbers don't go that high. So some people think maybe they just like chose it arbitrarily because it wasn't part of that numbering already. It was like a number outside of the numbers they already reserved for that. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a number they hadn't used yet. Um, uh, so either way, uh, the the lead designer of this ship that I mentioned, uh, Project Oxcart, the the uh, the U-2, the Lock, Lockheed U-2 jet, the lead designer was a guy named Kelly Johnson, and he named the area Paradise Ranch, which is a great sounding name. <laughs> It's, it sounds very exciting, and it was in an effort to get people to want to move there and work on this project, right? It was a really simple, boring airbase with very little on it, but it had the name Paradise Ranch. <laughs> um, it just it it's it's silly because it was it was nothing like that name. Uh, but he managed to you know naturally get people to work there. It was an exciting project, a top secret project. It must not have been that hard to get people curious, right? Especially when they find out they're moving to Paradise Ranch. Oh, boy. Paradise Ranch. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's not that. There's so much desert. It's just a dusty just old fart so patch. So much sand. It's my idea of paradise. <laughs> I just, I want to wake up every day and have to dig sand out of every orifice. <laughs> just, that's Can we... paradise to me. <laughs> Ugh, that sounds horrible. And that's probably what it was, too. Honestly, <laughs> I mean... It's just like, a dust bucket. It's just a dusty old patch of desert. There was, I mean, it had some amenities. I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating. Like, you know, it was a functioning airbase, so it had amenities. It had, you know, like places to mm, eat yes. and sleep and, you know... Sea anemones. <sighs> okay, I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it just wasn't... It wasn't much, is the thing. Um but the thing is, Area 51 has been home to a lot of testing, um, as you might imagine. The U-2 design was one of the big ones, one of the first ones. The F-4 and the MiG-21 aircraft tests were there. Um, they were part of a program with the code name Have Donut. <laughs> Have Donut. Have Donut. That's a good one. Um, they, it was, basically, that was named for the donut-shaped uh, site reticle when you target you know, with the jet, but I don't have donuts. It's just funny by itself. Um, the Have Blue uh, Stealth Fighter uh, that uh, they tested there preceded the F-117 Nighthawk. Um, I wish all the planes were named after kinds of donuts. Yeah, just different foods you have. <laughs> have croissant. Yes. Have strawberry. <laughs> have cream cheese. Have cucumber. Um. <laughs> uh, there, I think there are probably, just based on that naming convention, there's probably other have, you know, have names, but I didn't see them in my research. Um, <clears throat> the official history of Area 51, when you look into, you know, what uh, what the official stories are of what tests were done there, they're, I mean, not that they're not interesting, it's cool. They're, like, testing aircraft, and they're, like, Having people like pilot them against each other to see which ones are like the the most effective in air combat and stuff, right? Like they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's boring; it's just not nearly as interesting as like aliens. Yeah, yes. 
Right, exactly. Um, I don't want to say it's boring. It's really cool and important work. The official story is just like not that interesting, I guess, mm. by comparison. Which is why everyone thinks it's there's some big secret. Yeah. Because the truth, presumably the truth, yeah. the story we all get told is very boring. And there there are more reasons which I'll get into, but yes, like it just seems like all that for that? It's got to be more. It's got to be more secret. Why won't they let anyone in? You know, to say nothing of the fact that they're flying freaking jets all over the place. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, you, you might find this interesting. It was not until June of 2013 that the CIA even acknowledged officially that Area 51 was a thing. Really? That recent? So when, yes. when was Area 51 founded again? 40, um, 42. It was the Air Force's uh, Indian Springs Air Force Auxiliary Field. It became Area 51 officially in 1955. Oh, wow. And it took all that time for them to, on paper, acknowledge that it was a thing. Okay, so <clears throat> U.S. government. Yeah. Let's Let's just... Let's just, if you don't want people to speculate, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of transparency is Some good. would help. Just a little bit. From 1950 to 2013. Yeah, call it strategic truth-telling. <clears throat> but yeah. like at the very least, it would keep people from... Uh, All they had to say was, it's an airbase. Yeah. Yeah, it's an airbase and we test things there. Yeah. But they didn't officially acknowledge it existed, even though like... Sort of like it would trickle out one way or the other, what this is for, what people are doing there. There was a semi-official story, but the CIA didn't acknowledge they existed until then. That's wild to me. That's pretty wild. Um, anyway, uh, so people have a lot of beliefs about Area 51. I will briefly touch on some of it. Um, it's, it's reasonable to conclude that most of this comes from that void of having a super secret location no one can talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the short list of uh, popular stories about what has been happening in Area 51 include aliens and crashed alien craft that are residing and being reverse engineered there, which is interesting. Uh, I've, I've definitely heard that theory. Some people believe that energy weapons are being developed there. You know, sophisticated energy weapons, untraditional weapons. <clears throat> um, okay. Weather control being developed there, which I don't think I've ever associated with Area 51, but apparently that's a popular belief. I. Weather control is just one of these beliefs that I don't think I've ever heard anyone say seriously, but yeah. you always hear as a joke when yeah. the topic of like conspiracy theorists come yep. up or like old kooks yeah. come up, you know? Yep, government they controls the weather. Control the weather. Yep, yep. They made it, <clears throat> made it rain on me yesterday. Boo. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's one. And then um, time travel and teleport. Portation technology, some people believe, is being developed at Area 51. Oh, I wish. And other experimental propulsion systems as regards aircraft. Now, that's that actually might just be true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it would not be beyond me to think that if the, uh, the Air Force is testing aircraft, they might be testing weird propulsion systems. Mm -hmm. I think where you get into, like, uh, conspiracy territory is that it's, like, you know, alien in nature or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe we, stolen. We you know, all from know someone. that they're just trying to make an engine that runs on potatoes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the potato craft. Mm -hmm. Made of potatoes, powered by potatoes, piloted by a potato. Oh, that's super, that's the real secret. Super advanced AI potato. <laughs> <laughs> what would they name that potato pilot? Mr. Potato Pilot. 
Oh, that's boring. Is it boring? Yeah. But uh would the project be called Have Tubers? <laughs> <laughs> Have Tuber. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of any good potatoes. Oh my god. Verbs. Can this is not entirely related, but could like people who own private planes could no that that joke doesn't work. I was gonna make a, a tuber joke. Like it's Uber, but then I was like, potatoes don't actually have anything to do with it. So you just connected people flying people places with potatoes for no real for no reason. The board. Potatoes have to do with potatoes and airplanes. Always connected. You know, I'm gonna start saying it goes together like potatoes and airplanes. Wow. No one's going to know what that means. And that's why I'm going to say it. <sighs> Tuber. I love Tuber. I love, I love <laughs> My the, brain snapped in half. I'm I love sorry. the idea, though, of like like potato planes that pilot people around. And it's a service <laughs> well, called Tuber. I'm just like. Regular old Just like people planes. who have private jets. <laughs> Doing like sharing. an Uber service, but it would be called Tuber for <laughs> like, You have to figure out a way to get potatoes into this plant still. I don't know. Tuber. Tuber. <laughs> okay, this is probably only funny to us, but it is funny. Um, all right, let me move on here. There are some uh, mm. proposed explanations for some of these things about what people think about Area 51. There are some... Really good official stories that address some of the things people claim to have seen in Area 51. And I want to touch on one of them uh, in particular. Um, Area 51 is heavily associated with the alien uh, imagery and the flying saucer in particular. Mm -hmm. The flying saucer is like the essential sort of (laughs) UFO image, right? Yeah. Um, The... Flying saucer was reported to be spotted around Area 51 by locals, right? Um, But it also so happens that this corresponds really well with the aircraft in Project Oxcart, that uh, that U-2 jet that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, The aircraft happened to feature a extra-large, strange, disc-shaped fuselage. Okay. And it it was designed this way, unlike anything else, it was designed this way to store a huge volume of fuel. Like, the the fuselage was, like, giant and and bulbous and full of fuel. Um, Okay. And uh, it it was mostly... Are there any pictures of this? Yeah, there are. Um, uh, It's... Basically, it was only typically seen by commercial aircraft pilots around the area. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be... Seen because those those uh, those jets flew particularly high, so it would be seen from below by like a commercial pilot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the the high speed they traveled at and the odd shape seemed to be responsible for what we today associate with the image of the UFO. Okay, just kind of cool. Yeah, um, I'm I'm trying to get a, a visualization of of yeah what that looked like well yeah don't worry about it we can pull it up later but it does have like a sort of a uh i don't know it almost looks like the front end of it looks kind of like an onion in the way that it like has like a narrow point and then it bulbs out it's interesting um 
I also want to briefly talk about where um, uh, some of these Area 51 uh, theories come from. And uh, one of the most one of the most popular names associated with Area 51 stories or some of this mythology is a guy named Bob Lazar. Um, briefly about Bob Lazar, he was uh, he told a Las Vegas news station. It was KLAS anonymously that he had participated in a program to reverse engineer a flying saucer near Groom Lake. He did this in like a news story for TV uh, in the, oh goodness, I wish I'd written down the the, the date. I didn't. Um, but uh, he did this, like, like I said, anonymously, um, and he then later that year uh, revealed his identity to talk more about it. Okay. So... I guess after half a year was like, nah, it's fine. I don't care if people know. Well, who he I wasn't. Am. He wasn't getting the attention that he wanted from being anonymous. <laughs> it turns out being anonymous kind of sucks. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so he, yeah, he did. He revealed his identity. Um, he went on to claim he had seen government documents detailing ten thousand years of human interaction with aliens, and that those aliens are from the nearby Zeta Reticuli system. Oh God. 10,000 years. Zeta Reticula. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's an actual star system, but uh, but the idea that we've been having interactions with aliens for 10,000 years and it was managed to be a secret that long is, it's it, it begs belief, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you may also <laughs> want to know about uh, Bob Lazar, that he uh, has claimed to have earned a master's in physics from MIT and a master's in electronics from Caltech, but neither one of those can be confirmed. They can't find any trace of him at either place, right? Which is fishy. At least yeah. one of them, maybe. Now, he claims that this is done to you know discredit him, right? They removed all record of him to discredit his The stories. government, they're well, not happy that he's speaking out about this. Right. Um. So even though there are... Which, to be fair... To be fair... If there was some big secret and someone was trying to be a whistleblower, I do fully believe that our government could and would do something like that if they yep. thought the information was going to harm that's true. their cause. <clears throat> so that's true. That's <laughs> why this stuff is tricky because it's like... Well, it's why it survives. Right. It's un- unfalsifiable. <clears throat> right. Like... There definitely have been times when our government has lied in exactly these yeah. ways. So, right. but because of the nature, probably not. Because of the nature of the claim, case. you can't prove something didn't happen. Right, <laughs> right. You just can't do that. Um, so it uh, it makes these things have a sort of tenacity to them. They stick around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that trap door theory. There's always a reason. Yeah, why always... things don't line up. Yeah. Um. So anyway. That's all enough about Area 51. I want to talk about this meme. Uh, um, this, uh, uh, if you haven't heard of it, this is, uh, it's called Storm Area 51, which is a event created on Facebook scheduled for September 20th at 3 a.m. <laughs> um, it was created on June 27th. So it hasn't been around all that long. Um, and the full title of the event on Facebook is Storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. <laughs> um, but the subtitle, the subtext of that is they can stop some of you. Oh, yeah. 
That's the thing. It's like, like they the will wheel. shoot some of us, just not all of us. You gotta think you have some good luck. You gotta think like a lemming. But they know? don't actually jump off of cliffs. No. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so the, this event on Facebook has three hosts, right? Uh, the one is a meme account. The other is a video gamer, sort of like a video game vlogger type. Um, and there's also an event planning account. And all these are associated with the, the managing of this Facebook event, right? All right. And it has logged, just since June 27th, 1.9 million attendees. Uh, with 1.4 million listed as maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy. Playing your cards close to your chest. I see you guys. <laughs> I mean, that's like, in and of itself, that's like three million. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's like a, a percentage of the U.S. population. <laughs> that's like one percent of the U.S. population. That's kind of a lot. Yeah. One out of every hundred people is like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, so here's what the event is uh, described as. Um, they, everyone is supposed to meet up at the Area 51 Alien Center tourist attraction and coordinate their entry at 3 a.m. Um, they say here in quotes, we will all meet up in rural Nevada and coordinate our parties. If we Naruto run, we can move faster than their bullets. <laughs> Let's see them aliens. Oh, my God. I didn't know what the Naruto run was you until all this happened. You didn't know what that was? No, I'm not an anime guy. I don't know a lot of it. I had I'm to... not really an anime guy either, but yeah. I still had picked this up over the years. For yeah. anyone who's also not an anime guy, yeah. um, the Naruto <laughs> run is from the anime Naruto, yeah. where the characters would run, like, very, very fast, but their arms would, like, go out behind them. Yeah. And they'd be kind of bent over forward a little bit, propelling themselves forward. Yeah. Whenever I think of the Naruto run, I think of Ed, Ed, and Eddie because there's a character, one of the Eds. Yeah. Um, runs but the way he runs is he puts his arms straight back like that but he doesn't run very fast he's just a dingus (laughs) (laughs) okay but whenever i think of that i immediately have that second image in my head nice um yeah so that i didn't know what that was until this but that is exactly what it is um this event has attracted so much attention that some of the most popular comments on the event like the comments on the facebook page for the event have felt a need to like add a disclaimer to their comment because they got too famous or too popular. <clears throat> like uh, like one that says, P.S. Hello, U.S. government. This is a joke, and I do not actually intend to go ahead with this plan. <laughs> like people are just nervous enough because it's kind of hit like a real critical mass. Yeah. Um, so the memes around this are really, really good. The memes have been very funny. Um, I haven't seen a huge selection of them, but I did look at a... Uh, a curated list of Storm Area 51 memes. And I I've must seen say, ones that are like an aerial shot of Area 51 and then they have like a diagram of like which groups of people are going to be where. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my God, that sounds very it, interesting. It's like such and such group will act as human shield. In this. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of mean. Yeah, it sounds mean. It's really mean. Um, okay. Uh, I will tell you one of my favorite ones is this weird little picture of a teeny tiny little alien silhouette. Like he's on the like uh, the like uh, tiled floor of a house in a doorway. He's like 
this tall. And uh, it was captioned, uh, the alien I stole from Area 51 waking me up at 3 a.m. to tell me he threw up. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I thought that was pretty cute. Uh, I don't know. I love I love memes. I uh, I really like that one. Uh, another popular one, and this is what I saw before. It um, it's basically a picture from the Cat in the Hat, mm-hmm. where there's like a, the Cat in the Hat is sneaking up behind someone with like a big bat, right? And the guy is looking the other way, and it captions uh, the 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 guy who's about to get hit as uh, you know Area Fifty One, thinking this is all a joke, and then the Cat in the Hat is millennials and Gen Xer, Gen Xers' willingness to die. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've seen a lot of the memes I've seen have revolved around that idea of yeah, like, just like, of don't like, doubt us. No, we don't care. We, we, the most nihilistic generation ever is I, willing to do it. I think I've seen several that are like, no, don't go to area 51. You know, you'll, you'll get killed. And yeah. the next line is like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's why. <laughs> that's the idea. <laughs> Genius. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's dark, but I think they're pretty good. I like the memes. Um, I want to move on to how serious is all this, right? Yeah. Um, it's probably like the first thing is like, okay, great. So three million people are signed up to do this. Right. How it, many really care about this? It, it sounds like it was started as a joke at least. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, it's, you know, I said, I, I said internet culture is a fleeting one, right? Mm-hmm. Like how many people are even going to remember this is a thing on September 20th? Realistically. Um, I said uh, in, in here, while it was initially buzzed about that the, the cost of plane tickets to Area 51 on September 20th had skyrocketed, like, <laughs> um, and there was, you know, like a, like a measurable interest in the event, it doesn't seem to be the case anymore, and it's hard to find uh, mentions of that now. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> not to the degree that, that it had been reported early on. Um, and the event creator has recently really dialed back the plan uh, yeah. since creating it. Um, so uh, the, I want to tell you about the creator who he has. He, this is a 21-year-old kid. Oh. <laughs> He's a 21-year-old college student. His oh, name baby. his name is Maddie Roberts. Oh, right? Maddie. Oh, Maddie. Oh, Maddie. <laughs> it's even, it's what even have you little, done? You didn't know what you were doing. He, I guess he felt a little heat, <laughs> which makes sense because... The U.S. Uh, military made a direct statement discouraging people <laughs> from showing up for this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as you would expect them to. And naturally, you know, people have ideas about this. And I'm sure he hasn't uh, been a stranger to people saying this is a dumb and bad idea. Uh, so he has shifted the focus and is instead organizing an EDM festival called Alien Stock. <laughs> From September 19th to September 22nd in the same place. This, right. this is crazy to me. Um, the, the, I'm, so. And if you Naruto run, you can feel the beat better. I wonder how fast you can Naruto run to Rachel Nevada where this is going to be held. Not that fast. Not any faster than normal running. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just running. It's just running with your <laughs> arms behind you. Uh, it's just fast running. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're actually organizing a festival. This is a, this is a thing that is, that is happening in a serious way. On a scale of one to fire festival, how big of a disaster do you think this will be? Uh, I, it's not going to be good. Personal opinion. It's not going to be good. 
Uh, I mean, again, this is like for September 20th. Yeah, uh, that's not very much time to I, plan a festival. I think there's only a handful of bands that are actually confirmed to be there. But mm-hmm. the problems are worse than that. It's, I mean, it's it's worse than that. And I'll tell you. I was like, where are you going to do this in this area exactly? And like, right. how are you going to get the stage? And like, this is this is a 21-year-old kid, and that's expensive <laughs> stuff. Right. Now, bear in mind, one of the people who is involved in administrating this page, this event, is a party planning group. True. Right? So there is some know-how behind this effort. Um but it's causing some serious concern in the town of Rachel, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Rachel, Nevada did not agree to host anything when this was announced. Yeah. They were not so much as consulted, right? Um, they are a small town of less than 100 people. Oh, no. Right. Like, small town. Yeah. That's small <laughs> with an O and one L. Yeah, very small. Mm-hmm. They're so small. So small. Um, they have one business in town, and it is, you may recognize the name, the Little Ailey Inn. I don't think that's what no? is in the okay. movie. No, it's it's literally a, a diner. Okay. Yeah, this is, I don't know, this is a internet famous hotel. It's a, sort of like a, just a cute little thing that images have been passed around of on the internet for some time. But it's, it's a real hotel. Um in Rachel, Nevada, uh, the nearest grocery and gas stations are 50 miles away. Oh, geez. So start to think about that. People are going to drive there and they better have like an hour's worth of driving like in the tank, like when they get there <laughs> or else they're going to run out on the way out. Right. Yeah. Um, the nearest hospital is in Las Vegas, which is two and a half hours away. Oh, my God. Can you imagine living in some place like that? No. I can't imagine being two and a half hours away from a hospital. That's, like, insane. Yeah. Um, We're, like, within 20 minutes of, like, five. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. At least three. Five? It probably would have been four or five right now. We're probably at, like, three. Yeah. But they're all the same. Right. Owned by the same people. Um. Yeah, it's, I can't imagine being that remote. And it's only 100 people. It's less than 100, actually. I think the, the one last article I looked at cited about 60 people that live there. Jesus. Um, so with all this in mind, it is completely and thoroughly unprepared for an event. Mm-hmm. It's too small a town. It's hard to imagine what would happen if they, if they try to buy in, right? It's hard to imagine what's going to happen here. Um, some of the townsfolk have already started to take this into their own hands. Uh, their concerns are pretty understandable. Uh, if there's a fire, they have no fire department. If there's violence, they have no crowd control. Yeah. Um, it seems like they... They've got no one to provide security for the event. Right. Um, it is a free event, for one. So that might draw more people. It's a free event. Um, the organizers expect five to 25,000 attendees. Now... It's like, it's hard to say what the, how accurate those estimates are. Way more than people who live in the town. Like that's something size I was thinking wise. About. Do they even have a space that big? Like, well, think about if like five, granted, it's probably rural. If five thousand people show up to a town that has like a hundred people in it, they are outnumbered <laughs> fifty to one. 
let's just talk about bathrooms for a minute. Because That's a problem, too. Because a town that only has 60 <clears throat> people and formerly had 100, yeah. even if you considered all of the private residences, <laughs> does not have enough toilets right. for that many people. So the event organizers have listed on their webpage, like, here's the, where, what you, if you donate to this festival, here's what it goes to. Now, that's troubling. They're asking for donations. It's a month away. And here's mm-hmm. what they hope to get. Mostly porta potties. <laughs> Toilets, uh, access, and uh, like a filtration for the town well. That's scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, the town. The thing is, the town is <laughs> slowly creeping on board with this. Guys, this is this is going to be a great event. Um, just donate, and we'll make sure there's a toilet and water. And and um, yeah, if you donate a little more, we can make sure you have drinking water. <laughs> it's it's a little bit nerve wracking, you know. And can the town well sustain? That's what that? I'm. Thinking. That's what I'm thinking. It's like, can five thousand people? That's their low end estimate. Can five thousand people drink out of that well for three days? If you break it down like that's the usage the for amount, like 1500 right times. the amount of water that they would need for like one day or one weekend yeah. of a festival probably far surpasses what they would use as a town in a year yeah yes so do they physically have that capacity and is it going to hurt the people of the town to do it yeah i mean the the like i said the town is sort of starting to come on board with this idea uh, some the, the the only business in town is on board in the sense that um, <clears throat> they, they can put up like five people. Well, no, the thing <laughs> is the the inn is booked for that weekend. Yeah, but like, how many rooms can they have? <laughs> Not many. That's why I said they could put up like five people. <laughs> um, they they have established a website uh, which is dedicated to selling parking for the festival. <laughs> uh, including RV spaces, which selling makes parking sense. for the free festival. Uh, I like it. Right, that's the way you do it. Selling RV spaces, selling <laughs> parking spaces, and selling camping spaces, which are probably just like the parking spaces. You're going to camp next to a car. I mean, it's like they're selling spaces in the desert. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> it's I don't know. I mean, the, the organizers are trying to make this like Burning Man. They're trying to like, take a cue from Burning Man, and they're yeah. like. You know, like, here's the amenities you can expect just, and leave no trace and make this a cool time. And it's, I don't see it. Just come hang out in the desert. Yeah. But also, like, there's lots of drugs at Burning Man. <laughs> and this is a town of less than 100 people. With a hospital that is two and a half right, hours away. And questionable access to water. Yeah. Like, yeah. People, Seems like a bad idea. People are reasonably early on drawing comparisons to Woodstock. Um, and it does feel like, well, of course, it's in the name, too. Alien stock, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, we're pretty close to the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty close. And this just seems so ill-fated. I mean, yeah. it's, but, like, I mean, Woodstock worked, right? <sighs> Woodstock was a mess. I mean, it was a shit show. But it became a thing. Sure. I mean, like, the thing is, the music that came out of it is cool. But, like, the the experience of being there was a nightmare. The farm yeah. property was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, led to lawsuits after the fact. Um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a crazy, disgusting mess. So, I don't know. Like all festivals. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, the organizers are doing their best to make this a habitable location for three days. 
I don't know what's going to happen. Okay, so uh, the best possible way to do a festival is to plan a festival around the place that sustains it. Not to plan a festival you've already got the idea and then you're just shoehorning it onto the place that happens to be there. Yeah. Like that. Why didn't they move this to some location, even in the desert outside Las Vegas? Because they already bought in too hard. If they, (laughs) if they make too many concessions, then it's not what they started out with. I guess so. And they've already made a huge concession by saying, no, we're not storming. We're just gonna have a dance party in the desert. (laughs) Yeah, it does, I don't know. It doesn't seem particularly well fated to me. I will say one additional thing is that the townsfolk had considered some options, like they were going to uh, hold the um, the festival uh, organizers uh, responsible for something like five million dollars of potential damages or something like that. They were going to like have them con- contractually obligated. They were considering closing the road in and out of town, like the state route in and out of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then backed up on that idea. And today they issued an official state of emergency <laughs> um, ahead of all of this happening, um, basically in preparation to work with the state government to have like the kind of emergency services and things that need to be there. Right. So the way you start that is to declare a state of emergency. That's how you can start to commandeer like state resources to deal with a problem. Right? Yeah. So basically get like <clears throat> medical personnel in the area exactly. and get extra water yeah. and all kinds of stuff. So this is how they are starting to deal with this is they're, they're taking it seriously. And I don't think 25,000 people will show up. I really don't, but you just don't know. I bet some will. I don't think it will be that many, but (sighs) (laughs) I'm very curious to see what happens. I'm curious too. I just, I think it's a really bad idea. It is. It's a very bad idea. I feel really bad for the people of the town. So do I. I mean, like imagine, your town is that small and small. Small. And thousands of people are expected to show up in it. I'd be nervous to be overrun out of my house. Right. I'd be buying guns. Okay, here's an idea. So everyone in the town, get on Airbnb and make your home an Airbnb. And leave. And leave. <laughs> And just leave and just hope that uh, they don't destroy your hope house. And your if they home do, exists when you come back. And if it doesn't, the insurance takes care of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's not that bad an idea. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's a pretty reasonable idea. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen next. Um, I'm going to be watching to see if anything comes of this festival. It's very possible the whole thing will fold and collapse. And they'll tell people the week before, don't leave. Don't come here. Nothing's here. Well, Um, we will um, be doing a special thing for our 100th episode. Yeah. And uh, it's going to include updates. Yeah, we're going to revisit some things. So there may possibly be an update. I don't know when that episode is going to be exactly. Well, considering that there's we're doing an episode every week and we're on episode 84, we are at least 16 weeks away from that happening, which is at least four months away from that happening, which conveniently brings us to... Somewhere around January, New Year kind of thing. Depending. When we're thinking of taking a break. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which actually makes some kind of sense. Maybe do this episode and then take our break? Yeah. 
We'll huh. see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see how that works out. But not and just so people aren't I don't know who would really be worried, but just so people aren't a scheduled break of like everything we do just so we have free time. That's not that, like a permanent hiatus on any of the things we do. This is how, this is how the sausage gets made, you guys. You see how you see all the machinations of the thing. <laughs> the complicated plan. Two people who complain about how busy they are all the time trying yeah. to keep themselves from completely burning out. <laughs> There is some truth to that. There, uh, that is the truth. I'm not even joking. <laughs> um, but anyway, setting all that aside, um, that is all I got uh, on Storm Area 51. Uh, I like it. I didn't say, I didn't even mention them alien cheeks. Alien people cheeks? Are, people are going to clap the alien cheeks. They're trying to make them alien cheeks clap. That's a whole big part of it. <laughs> okay. There's something about alien butt cheeks. Yeah. They want to see them clap. That's so weird. <laughs> The internet wants to see them butt cheeks clap, and I get it. I don't get me wrong, I get it. It's this has just become like a vessel for every other <laughs> meme that is popular right now, and they're just like making it about this. But it's like it, everything's being reused. Yeah, that's so what ridiculous. that's what memes are. They are the uh, the uh, endlessly combinable putty that makes up uh, an entire generation's sense of humor. <clears throat> yeah. Dem cheeks. I'm gonna clap them alien cheeks. Let's They're see dummy aliens. thick, <laughs> and the clap of their ass is alerting the cards. Uh, anyway, that's that. All right. Um, so I guess we will wrap it up because that's what you do when the show's over. Yeah. Huh. How about that? Yeah. Um, we will be back in another week. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, when Christy will it's be. It's true. It's true. No one knows that that. No one knows, no one knows what that is. Oh yeah, that's something. Let's not talk about it because we might talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll hopefully be back in another week. Christy will do an episode. I um, will. And um, don't know what yet. And uh, until then, please continue sending us suggestions. Um, and tip your servers. And yeah, tip your server. Tip, tip your waitress. We'll be here all week. <laughs> um, uh, uh, have uh, have a good uh, week if that's something you want to do. <laughs> and uh, you know, have whatever kind of week you want to have. Yeah, and so, uh, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast, but I once had. I'm sorry. I know I we're trying say, to wrap it up. This is the worst ending. I'm ever. sorry, <laughs> but I had like this very like curmudgeonly customer once, and someone had said like have a good day or something and he was just like he wasn't mean he was just a curmudgeon like it was actually very nice yeah but he was like well i'm sick of people telling me what kind of day to have what if i don't feel like having a good day so when i went to say goodbye i was like have whatever kind of day you want to have and he was like i like that (laughs) (laughs) and he like always liked me because of that that's nice (laughs) he just cracked me up he was perfectly nice but he just like wanted to be in a bad mood and i was like i got it yeah same (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway but anyway have whatever kind of a week you want to have we will see you in another week with another episode of goose chase goose chase thanks as always for listening bye-bye bye Had to sneak one in there. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. 
you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 